Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. What made you choose to go down the path of sports science if you had that if your first experiences was like the more the tactical side coaching these junior teams? Yeah, I guess like I you know I, I'm probably a bit like most sort of Northern Irish or Irish or UK or, or wherever you are in the world, like when you're an eighteen year old, probably if you're half decent at sport, probably the, the ultimate's being a PE teacher. Yeah. Well it yeah. certain it certainly was back in the in the nineties, the late nineties whenever I was around. So that's just says how long I've been around now, but it's probably the only thing that kept you in sport. Um right. other Really, like you know, rugby union wasn't professional. I don't know about AFL. I mean, where AFL was at back in the day, you know, like for us, it was it was there wasn't professional sport really apart from Premier League soccer, and that was incredibly hard to get into. So, yeah, um, you know, that wasn't really a, an avenue for us back then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fantastic. And did you have strong mentors or you know people that influenced your career while you were shaping it in early days, or is it something that you've You've, you're sort of self-taught in a sense of reading books and put yourself into workshops and experience, you know, have you had mentors along the way or is it more something that you've done through personal uh, development? Yeah, like I, 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 I would like to think that I'm, I'm really self-driven and there's a lot that I've picked up by putting myself in really uncomfortable situations, whether that's with learning environments and going into rooms where I have absolutely no clue of what these other people are talking about and trying to pick up things and, and learn that way. But that would be unfair for the people that have helped me along my journey as well. I have to really, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that have helped me along the way. And probably it's good timing whenever I was coming through sort of sports science and like the University of Ulster, which is where I was sort of did my degree it was very tied with Ulster rugby at the time which is the only thing that's that's worth doing if you're an Ulsterman yeah. so like I had some I uh, just happened to know the people that went into those roles and they all came from you know there's, there's quite a lot of people that have come through there that are really successful S&C coaches now and I, I think that you know that's that's probably one of the you know the, the important things that I that I did pick up along the way. What are some key points at, whether it be at Port Adelaide or, or just your own personal belief that you focus on that are really, really important for, for a developing athlete, for, you know, I guess from an athletic development point of view in the sport of football? Uh, look, you know, there's, I, I think if, if you want me to say you've got to do your, you know, the triple A stuff, as an example from the PhD, so you've got to do your, your lunges, your squats, your you know, push-pull, you can listen, there's plenty of people talk about that side of things, get your fundamental movements, whatever you spend the time to understand and really believe what you think is important from a fundamental or from a foundational movement pattern point of view for every player. Like, what do you, mm. what do you believe? Cause then that's how you're going to coach it. Don't listen to what, don't just take what I say as gospel. Go and mm. like actually spend the time to do that yourself. The one thing I would absolutely make sure that you do is that you have so one by having that in place, you end up with a, a you know, probably a little bit more accountability to your program, but then also just engagement whether the 16 to, to 19 year olds are even younger or even older, doesn't matter. Just make sure that they're engaged in the process and that they're part of the, they understand to varying levels. Like some of them will understand more than others and, and want to understand more, but just under, just make them engaged in the process and 
you show that you're passionate about how this is going to help them. And hopefully that's the, that's the biggest, that's the keystone for me. For athletes that it may be really hard, rural or financial, and they don't have access to a gym, what, what would you recommend that they do? Like, is, there, is it power bands, mini bands? Is it setting up a dumbbell at home? What would be your sort of key pillars that you'd recommend? Is it just focus on the running side of things and body weight work? Yeah, look, I think that there's, there's uh, you know, again, there, there's a lot of people exploring how to, and particularly during this last year, I've learned how to do body weight stuff or how to do more stuff at home with little to no weight. Like that's, you know, there's plenty of people out there, you know, like, you know, I guess from a, a strength and conditioning point of view, like I, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate of, of making sure that you've got your eccentric work in, you know, so doing your Nordics, you know, that sort of stuff. But again, probably as long as you're, whatever you're doing, as long as you're walking out and you can, and don't quote me on the numbers exactly, mm. but if you can do you know, a Copenhagen lever for a minute each side or, you know, for reps of 20 to 30, if you can do single leg calf raises for 30, 40 plus, if you can, you know, you know, the, you know, hold yourself in a hip abduction position for a long period of time. That's that's the, that's the. If you get that right, then we can worry yeah. about how well, how much you squat, all that other stuff that comes later. The amount of people that can't um, do the, you know, do those things, and it's only whenever things start to fall apart that you find that oh, well, no wonder he's getting the calf strains or his sleds is sore because his his calf his calf capacity is so poor. At yeah. least at least get that stuff knocked in the head and make sure that it's it's not even an issue how do you do that because straight away i, I, I know when I, when you talk about copenhagen's and nordics and these type <laughs> of exercises especially holding for for a good period of time uh you need that trust and, and respect from your athletes uh to buy into those exercises that like you said they're not as sexy what are some good ways for s and c's to to do that maybe they might be starting a new program so they've, they've got to build yeah that, oh, got it from the ground up yeah and whether that's just appropriate progressions and and you know like if it's if it's working with teams over a long period of time you start off with introducing it as you know like I mean, isometrics or whether it's it's fun whether it's in different things yeah. that you're trying to play you're just sneaking it in and it's mm. it's 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 age appropriate or development appropriate and i don't mean that from like an under 16 versus under 18 but like like in terms of their maturity like can you actually get 16 year olds to sit and do isometrics probably not because they're you know, little shitheads most of the time they aren't yeah. going to do that so can you trick them into doing it in a certain way or you know how do you, you know, and that's going to change with different groups so i don't want to say that this is how to do it essentially sure, but i think sure. that by by spending the time actually pondering okay okay what's buy-in look like for this group at this time you know i mean you know there's you know we can all go out there and you know, we read co- conscious coaching for example or we read yeah, yeah. you know we, we talk to everyone else that's doing this stuff and we go okay well maybe you know maybe i can take something from them you know the greatest snc coaches are the ones that steal the best rather than the ones that make it you know the ones that say they've made it up themselves are probably telling a few half truths there so try and steal yeah. from the people that you can if you enjoyed this episode and want even more our academy is for you the Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian of Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that 
with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, like yeah, game changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the strength conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us. Awesome. So he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful. Plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was, you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat. Um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an S&C coach, you know, if something's you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm -hmm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker, um, and, yeah. and yeah, like just yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. 
If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.